Welcome to the Oxcala Podcast by University of Oxford South Asian Art Society. This is your host, Shishir Rao. This is episode four, Creativity in Indian Classical Music. Today we have with us Sri Raghavan Maniyanji. Raghavanji is a Carnatic musician and guru and a disciple of the great Padma Vibhushan, Dr. Balamurli Krishna. His other gurus are T. Narsimachari and his aunt, P. Rajamal. Additionally, he plays over 10 different musical instruments, writes, composes, and is a high-tech pro. Welcome to the show, Raghavanji. Let's start off with a very simple question, but I'm sure a question which has a very complicated answer. What are the modes of creativity and improvisation in Indian classical music? I believe one method of creation in Indian classical music, not specific to Hindustani or Carnatic or Drupad or any other forms perhaps, is the idea of improvising upon the raga. But this is just an example of creating, right? Creating in our beautiful music. But in general, is there a framework for describing the variety of ways one can create in the space that is Indian classical music? In music, in Indian music in general, um, every element of music is conducive for improvisation. And I mean every element. This is this includes the lyric, it includes the raga, the tala. Every bit of it is potentially yours to play with. And, and by that I just, I don't mean... Um, for you to prepare and come. Every one of it can be spontaneously played out. Um, the poetry, uh, spontaneity in poetry is, uh, is sort of a, a thing that is celebrated in Indian classical art. Uh, people who burst into poetry, they call the Ashukavi, uh, a type of poet who can come up with the lyric on the fly, on the spot, depending on. And there are plenty of poets um, in almost all the classical Indian languages that have demonstrated this this sort of power. Um, actually, you know, uh, I was reading somewhere that um, Native Indian, uh, Native American or American Indian cultures um, call, you know, when something is a gift to somebody that comes naturally, they call it magic. So every person has a magic, like uh, a muse. So a poet's magic is his or her ability to burst into poetry, usually spontaneously. A musician's magic, you know, is to come up with the raga, the tala, the the entire samgita. Sam means sam means um, together. Gita is music. So what is together in music? is the lyric, right? Um, the tune and the rhythm of the dance, not here. So these three things come together and coming together is called Samgitam. Mm. So the lyric, the um, known as the, yeah, the uh, what do you call, Sahitya, uh, the, the, the tune, the melody, which is called the, the Datu, um, and and finally the the lyre, the rhythm. 
uh, also sometimes called natya because it is what makes you actually jump for joy or dance it is only the confluence of these three that produce samgita so when you talk about kalpana samgita you have to necessarily think of all three dimensions as spontaneous dimensions okay so now this is the musical ideal whether it's carnatic or hindustani music which both as we um, very clearly understand it now are from a common source yeah and the common source is not even that historic we are only talking a few hundred years um, yes. back which is for a culture and a civilization that's as old as india's it's not that much of Ooh. a past so in relative uh, collective memory we have had a, a, the same music across uh, across the country or across the the land continent um so now if we set the bar to a place where you say kalpana sangeeta is the spontaneous expression of these three coming together um the lyric the tune and the rhythm yeah uh, that pretty much encompasses everything in in music so if you talk about carnatic music specifically what part of it is uh, amenable to spontaneity all parts mm-hmm. uh in practice how many of those are actually been used yeah. uh, creatively and how many are used sort of as static or relatively uh, immutable um that would be a little easier to answer just cause now this is what we do with these blocks yes these days we do not change the lyrics on the fly yes. because do, to be able to do that is a complete uh, you know it's one of the muscles that we have lost on the way yes uh, the composition muscle the spontaneity uh, with lyric muscle um there is a reason why we don't always resort to that and and that's a reason why you can say that it has it has been outmoded this whole idea of spontaneous composition we'll come to that um the second and third especially the second one the the improvisation of the tune the raga the melody the swara the taan the boltan um the gamaks the ornamentation ornamentation all that uh, all this is extant it is yeah. now practiced um and especially in carnatic music the lyrical aspect being held in place the kriti or the varna or the devaranama or or the kind of composition more or less set with some room for wiggle mm-hmm. and that room for wiggle uh, is usually a line in the piece that can be you know used for wheeling around yeah. um could be a uh, a departure you know before or after the song mm-hmm. for kalpana usually the before is alapana raga or tanam the post is usually swara kalpana or um tan right so these these sort of aspects are the freeze like you you can just do what you want this is your time this is manodharmam for you and the remaining is more or less preserved Right. so is this arbitrary i mean maybe because uh, you could have just well been that we cannot change the tunes yeah but yes. go ahead and change the you know it's like a rap battle where 
you're pretty much having the same four by four going yeah. the entire time, and that's not much. There's not a whole lot going on because uh, rap battles are not exactly jazz uh, recitals. So melody, rhythm, they're pretty much held static, and it's just a loop going over and over again. What really changes is the lyric. I mean, that's a fantastic comprehension, Raghavanji, of the ways uh, one can improvise in our music. You know, there are three elements of of, of our music traditionally that one could improvise on, but yet. Uh, one of them has been outmoded, as you put it, and really the other two are what remains. Um, but let's break the other two apart a little bit more carefully now. So what could be the fundamental unit of sur? Uh, what will be the core component of this form of improvisation over the medium of sur specifically? If we could generalize to, of course, um, perhaps both Hindustani and Carnatic. Right, yeah. We celebrate the raga as the the ultimate, um, actually the building block of melody in Indian music. You know, the raga is an entity that is uh, at once uh, finished, fully um, sort of living, breathing, and at the same time with plenty room for exploration. So yes. the, the, the raga is, is probably, you know, the, the most uh, fertile product of the Indian musical genius. Okay. Because... Nowhere else do you find... Um, actually, the term raga is our contribution. I cannot say you cannot find the concept of raga existing elsewhere. They exist elsewhere. Uh, but the ability to communicate using this term that encapsulates a melodic contour, um, it contains with it these uh, phrases called the murchanas or pidis. Um, it contains this uh, uh, the 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 dominant, the subdominant, the vadi, the samvadi, the um, the the notes, the griha, the nyasa, the various kinds of notes. The raga comes with the grammar, yes. right? But it is a grammar which allows for a lot of um, um, what can we say um, for you to construct a lot of theorems using the grammar. Yeah. If you don't mind me interrupting, yeah, no, I, I think it's I think it's important that we start at raga before we delve into the actual forms of uh, expression in the raga. So when when we have ragas in in for example in Hindustani and Carnatic music, uh, what are the what are the core elements of these ragas? I mean, uh, you're already starting to point out some of them. Indeed, you spoke of kalpanaswaram. You spoke of um, uh, engaging with with rhythm. Absolutely. Uh, in, in, in thon or in movement around the words, the lyric, uh, but but more generally, do you think there's a there's a structure, a hierarchy uh, to to this type of expansion with the narag? Um, yeah, I think we all need structure to start with, right? Yeah. Um, so when you learn an alapana, when I when I am trying to get one of my younger students to sing alapana, I do tell them to go, you know, step by step. Start with the sajjama, explore the lower octave, yeah. go slowly, step by step, reach the gandhara. So there you spend some time, give some more pace to the sancharis, reach the panchamam. Then you have some more uh, exploration, invoke the memory of a few popular songs at that point. Let ah. people into your expression. Do not be, you know, um, so do not, do not build distance 
build yeah. build comfort build intimacy so give something of um stuff that others will be able to hook on to you know these are hooks uh, and then progress with that you know build the pace build the tempo there is tempo to all up now also right there is a lime to everything in fact um so work on that you know work on the variety so it's it, you know in the beginning this is a very good way to understand alapana yes tajamam then go up panchamam then go to upper sthai and then you know proceed so this at the end of this whole journey you would have sung kalyani for about 10 minutes it would have yes. been a nice. glimpse of the ragam kind of view of this raga yes yeah so this is a good this is good starting point exactly exactly let's take it from that starting point now just looking at the idea of alap how do we go from what we learn as a student in this pursuit of music and take it to the next level what is the, what is the next level just for the concept of alap i know answering what is the next level for uh, other movements of improvisation would be very very difficult and a very open ended question let's just limit it to that of the alap now so how does one learn to grow in how they improvise specifically the alap you know as a beginner student might you know do something very uh, simple and um, uh, constrained but how how do we how do we improve and grow in our understanding of the concept of alap and the uh, the parameters of the concept of alap yeah every day has a different perspective adds a different uh, flavor to what you want to do so if you want to do the kalyani the the prescriptive way that i just mentioned uh you can still do an excellent kalyani i think you could still do an alapana which is which rivals the best because this is a good structure and some good structures never change um and it you can also think of it as a uh, a safe this is my safe what i just told you established the ragam established the main notes in the ragam um the lower octave sancharis lay the groundwork right it's a gentle way of starting um there are other methods to do the, doing this one of them commonly used by musicians is start the raga alapana suggesting the song that you are going to take on so let's say yeah let's say that you're going to you are in the mood to sing muddu swami dikshit das kamalambam bajare which is a nava nava varana song very famous very popular <clears throat> so alapana tenanna nanna this doesn't follow the set pattern that we just described it's going from ga to pa to sa all the way so but but the sweep of this melody matches with kamalam bahambajare the pallavi of the song na na 
have given away the whole song by having could you please sing the song perhaps we can we can see a reflective view of that in yeah. the kamalam bam bhajare re of the pallavi of the song ends beautiful and it is it's a nice way to introduce the raga because it it falls in line after a while after in doing the upper flourish it comes <laughs> and lands you in sajjama pamari sa from here what you do with the raga lapana is again choices choices right, right. i like make, how you started with in your alap as well why i mean it makes sense it's perfectly parallel as the is the first few movements in the actual composition yes yeah. that's, that's that's very beautiful but it's interesting as the, i'm going back to a previous comment you made this does not follow the prescriptive path of conducting alapne in kalyani you know you didn't you didn't hit those lower notes now why would you choose to do this alap as opposed to doing the more traditional is there is 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 this a performance kind of uh, choice that ah oh, i like to perform alaps you know in close alignment with the composition or is it just um you just choose it randomly depending on your mood or something ah uh, yeah um, no there is a choice you can choose one or the other but that's not to say that um this is not uh, taught you know the this approach to alapana is also commonly understood Mm-hmm. um it is just less common or it takes a few more years before you reach the point where you can uh, be interested with this sort of beginning because what happens is when you go down this path you are at risk of basically just belting out the whole song as an alapana at which point it becomes less than optimally creative yeah right yes, yes. uh you know you know so the idea of composing uh, an alapana which is an abstract form of music over using kriti which is uh, less abstract and more concrete form of music uh is is nothing but you know you know in the using your word it, in the hierarchy of things dalapanas above the kriti simply because it's a little more abstract right so yes. it it can it is um it is at a liberty to draw from one or many kritis while at the same time remaining abhi or uh, detached from the realm of kriti yeah. right so uh, it is really an uh, this is one of the aesthetic goals of carnatic music and music in general is how much of a uh, um, memory uh, lane are you walking and how much of the creativity lane are you walking I, you mm-hmm. know where memory and creativity are like like the x and y axis of an alapana and uh, you know and strictly speaking they are not really orthogonal but it's just a way to think about it 
Yeah, that's I, I, I do I do like how you've pointed that out though. You know, there is a there is a way to elaborate a raga, which is which 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 does follow you know the, the raga's mood in general. But as you become a more mature musician, or you know, it, it might not even have to do with maturity. You might have a choice to do with you know what 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 you're feeling is the best expression of what you're doing as a whole. So mm-hmm. it's my, I think the point I'm trying to get to is when you present a raga, you're not just presenting one hour of alapne. There is forms of music which do that, uh, you know, agra karana in Hindustani music or drupad. They do long form alaps. But yeah. I think what what you're trying, if if you don't mind me inferring, I think what you're trying to get to is ultimately we do present the kriti in the rag. So is, is it safe to say that when you present a rag? Even though the raga is abstract and a, and a bigger thing, if I can call it that, than the kriti, the presentation is centered around the kriti because in this case, the alap you conducted led to the kriti as opposed to, you know, just doing whatever you want in the raga and then just singing the kriti just to embellish your treatment of the raga. Mm-hmm. I, I guess the question I'm asking, is it priority raga or priority kriti within the ragas? If, yeah, no, that's a... Beautiful question. I think uh, here is where dogma comes in. You know, if you have a dogma about the the alapana expressing the kriti, um, and I mean not in a bad way, uh, it is a dogma. Um, it is a way of structured approach. And if in your dogma you are particular that the 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 alapana express the kriti. To the point that it has to constantly remind the listener that this is coming. Yes. No, yes. it's down the pipe. Just wait for it. Then you are going to be committed to that sort of presentation. Right. Um, the other, again, you know, framework or dogma is the one that goes step by step on uh, uh, along the way. And no matter what the kriti is of Kalyani, I'm going to sing whether it's Kamalamba or whether it is Nanubrova or whether it is whatever, it doesn't matter. I'm going to present the Raga this particular way. You can expect this to happen. That's the second approach. Now, that's the third. Of course, I can say the third is a hybrid approach. I'm going to not say that. Uh, I'm going to say instead, let's take the third approach as a variant of the second. Where? uh, where What you say is, um, and I do this as an exercise uh, in... Uh, with some of my students. You have This is Sameru. It goes up, it comes down. Right? What if it is a valley instead of a mountain? Um Right? Okay, so it's the same song. All I have yeah. done is place two as one and one as two. It's a simple mathematical uh, formula. That um, Now I have created an alapana, if I follow that melody counter, with yeah. both remains and doesn't remind you of the song. Right? Yeah. So how do you present the alap for this? Would you present the alap similarly to the one you've done before? Or would you start with the valley? You know, you get you get what I'm because the alap you started with before, 
Something like that. I, yeah, I, might, yeah. I was a very, very rough imitation of Carnatic, so please forgive no, me. That's but a good one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of good. <laughs> now, if I want to do the uh, the converse of that curve, then then it, no, no, I'll have to think about it. I just stated it out there. So instead of instead of that, it will be like. That is where my stop will be, you know, so it doesn't, you do not know unless I tell you that this is the flip of Kamalamba, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but then it's not following either of the two rules, either of the two uh, approaches. I'm neither doing it organically step by step, nor am I following a Kriti per se. So I am I am being creative. I could even say I'm being a bit cheeky. And uh, as mathematicians do, I've created a mathematical pattern. Is it going to be aesthetic or not? I do not know. So a lot of artistic venture is actually very mathematical in nature. Often you do not know if it works or not. Oh, please, please. I was just going to say you start with technique and then you judge the aesthetics after. You know? Yeah, you start with the technique, correct. So the technique here is this uh, idea of taking a melodic line and then doing a sort of a, a, um, a cut and splice. Yeah, a cut and splice, right? So if you use the simple algorithm of cut and splice, then I can go into that melody. So I can... I can cut and splice that inside. If I were to cut it like that, it makes no sense lyrically. But, but this is a melody we are talking about. So this is an abstraction. So now I have chopped it even more. I like how I like how you put that. It doesn't make any sense lyrically, but. I mean, the purpose of this exercise, let's go back to the three things that we discussed, three elements of our creative process in Indian classical music is lyric, raga, yeah. and tala. Yeah. I, I like how we're exploring this latter two with, you know, abandon for the first. And, and But I like that because we're using the first as a crutch, a tool uh -huh. to let us explore deeper elements of the latter two. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is, is, and 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 why why that always why that why that always helps me as a musician is because I feel like sometimes the creative process is too large, and we need mm -hmm. something to hold us down while we explore something something elemental in one one of the things. Yes, you know? yes, and by elemental, you're usually talking whether you want to put it that way or not. Mathematical. The problem with lyric is a lyric is an expression, on, uh, usually an emotion. Uh, or it is it is a very specific to that culture that that region that country yeah. that, you know it is the lyric tends to um, mostly uh, you know divide in terms of understanding if not anything else uh, yeah. you are divided from me in your understanding of say classical Tamil as I am perhaps of classical Hindi right these are things that are going to come in the way of our fully ag agreeing whereas the music because it abstracts from the the lyric 
is appealing so in in a way i think why we have an indian music rather than a carnatic or a hindustani music is because of our ability to abstract from the lyric yes and yes. and reuse the ideas the melodic and the rhythmic ideas abstracted from the lyric while at the same time not dismissing or you know completely throwing away the lyric accepting and uh, you know giving it the due place yes in the musical form i mean without this di- di- um uh, uh divorce of lyric from the music there will not be any instrumental music thank you for this illuminating discussion raghavanji on the interplay between melody rhythm and poetry we have looked at one of the core elements the unit elements of our indian classical music's improvisational process the raga and how ultimately the composition in our examples guide the development of the raga itself guide the trajectory of our explorations within a given raga i think that's a fantastic place to end the first part of our interview with sri raghavan manunji please join us for episode 5 the second part of the interview with sri raghavan manunji thank you very much this is ox kala podcast